0: Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. Thank you for that kind intro, Bob. Yes, I am the aforementioned Ben Henry, hosting alongside my brother and co-host Matthew Henry. Matthew, koalas or kangaroos?
0: Gonna have to go alligators, mate.
1: Excellent answer, excellent answer. I like that a lot. Alligators, good answer, good answer. Yes, today is Sunday, August eighth. The Giants went five and two this week. I got to tell you, it did not feel like five and two. Oh my god, we went five and two? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, That was like one of the most stressful baseball weeks I've had in a long, long time. Oh man, yes. I aged ten years this week. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal, but nonetheless, a win is a win, and the Giants had five of them against the um, the uh, who do they play Arizona oh, yeah, right, Diamondbacks. Right. The Arizona Diamondbacks, three and one against the Diamondbacks, and then a clash of division leaders against the Brewers of Milwaukee, and they went in there and they won two to one, and I think. I think everybody's still trying to. They're double checking. I, I, I think what what is the popular thing they're doing? They're they're auditing the the ballot count. I think or something. <laughs> is that what they're doing? They're still trying to review whether or not the Giants actually won that series. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm I'm still did. in doubt. I I think we should wait for. <laughs> no, it's been confirmed, Matthew. It's been confirmed. The Giants won two to one, and and uh, Tommy Listella's uh, um, miracle hit was actually an, a, a three b be- three base error, not a hit. Uh, Right. Well, that was obvious. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was first an error and then it was a hit and then it was an error. So it kind of went back and forth, uh, just like that series did, just like that series did. But yes, after that wonderful week, the Giants are now 71 and 41, 30 games over 500 for the first time since 2003. Still with the best record in baseball, the first team to 70 wins, four games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League West. And I don't even know who the second best team in baseball is anymore, but it doesn't really matter because they're probably really far behind the Giants because the Giants, it's the Giants and everybody else at this point. I mean, give them the give them the, the trophy now. That's what I say.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just call it a season.
1: Indeed. Indeed. But... But before we do that, before we get carried away, we have to pay homage to the gods of the cocktails. And Bob, you need to ask me a question. What are you drinking? Thank you for asking, Bob. I am drinking the Logan Webb Punch-Out. Punch-Out? That's right. It's the Punch-Out. And why is it called the Logan Webb Punch-Out? Well, because Logan Webb the week before last, won a game, which forced me to roll the mixology dice. And we agreed beforehand, before I rolled, that I was going to make a punch. And so I rolled the dice, and I came up with a... uh, The ingredients were rum, maraschino liqueur, or simple syrup, lemon for my citrus, and then um, a ginger for a, a spice. And, uh, and then they said in the directions that I should combine that with either four parts uh, water or four parts tea. And, uh, you know, Matthew, when I did that, you suggested that I should go with the tea. And I thought that sounded like a great idea. And so that is actually one of the many different versions of this punch that I tried. I tried actually, I mean, I didn't try many, I tried three, you know, there's only so much time in the week and, and my liver can only handle so much, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I actually did do this recipe many different ways because they were all followed the rules, but the rules are a little bit flexible. Yeah. Right. And so the, the first thing that I did was I used the maraschino liqueur plus the rum plus the lemon. And what I did is I made uh, English breakfast tea because I thought, let's go with a really strong black tea. I was like, okay, what's the strong black tea? It was like English breakfast. Cool. So I cracked some of that out of my um, my cupboard, and I steeped that. I steeped inside of that some crystallized ginger, mm. and that's how I introduced the ginger. And I turned that into a punch. And you know, it just it wasn't the thing, you know. And I, what I realized was that the maraschino liqueur and the black tea were not playing well together. Mm. And so I finally decided, okay, you know what. I gotta let one of these guys go, and 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 honestly, I was more intrigued by the black tea thing. So so I reluctantly gave up on the on the maraschino liqueur, and I decided to replace that with some ginger simple syrup. So I I made some simple syrup the standard way, but while I was heating up the simple syrup, I put in some. Uh, some freshly uh, sliced uh, ginger. Mm-hmm. So very, very thinly. Like, like you could even do this with, like, a vegetable peeler. Yeah, right. right. And peel off some. And then, and then while you're making your simple syrup, you let the ginger kind of steep in there with it. Uh, and it creates a, a ginger simple syrup. So I use that as my simple syrup, as my sweetener. And uh, it ended up creating this very, like... I mean... It's really good. I, it's it's like a summer... I mean, it's like a, it almost drinks like an iced tea. You know, it, mm. it is... You, you barely taste the rum at all. I, I <laughs> This is another one of those cocktails where if you don't watch yourself, you, you don't pay attention to what you're doing. Um, you're going to be um, uh, half in the bag very, very quickly because it drinks really, really smoothly. And it's just a wonderful, really nice, refreshing beverage uh and, and yeah I, I think basically it comes off as a spiked iced tea more than it does a, a punch but you know I, I don't even really know what makes a punch a punch these days yeah but uh yeah I mean anyway you know it, it, it's it's a little bit simple and you know I think that's really kind of the nature of using the mixology dice is that they come out what 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 you first start out at with is really just inspiration to to make more additions and changes. But I, I felt like for the, the sake of this exercise, I needed to stick close to the rules and st- close to the, the intended recipe. But if I were to make changes to this, I think I would actually bring back some of my old sacrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a callback to earlier in the season. You got to bring back some of that sacrum shimmy. That's right. And I, I think I would also – I was really sad about losing the maraschino liqueur. So I might actually go, add something like a limoncello to this. Actually, because I think that would that would really complement mm. this really well. But 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 then I wouldn't be on recipe and I wouldn't be following the rules. So so future work, future work to be done there. But but ultimately, I was really happy with the result. Uh, you know, the, the Mixology Dice giveth and the Mixology Dice taketh away. And today they they have given me, giveth me, giveth, give a thing in me. A wonderful cocktail. Are you drunk? <laughs> Not yet, Bob, but I will be. <laughs> I will
0: be. All right. Well, your simple syrup and the and the uh, the ginger reminded me. Uh, I was playing around with a cocktail for another purpose uh, this week, and that I was also considering doing a ginger syrup. And I didn't have any uh, fresh ginger, but I remembered that when I was at the grocery store one time, I was in the Asian aisle and I came across a little bottle of ginger juice is basically, I think is what it says on the bottle. And on it, when you read closely, it's like, you know, for Asian cuisine and it also mentions cocktails. Mm. So I bought it and just stuck it in my cupboard. And this week, this week when I was playing around with that other cocktail, I remembered that I had that and I didn't want I didn't have any fresh ginger and so I decided to make a simple syrup and just put like a couple of teaspoons of the ginger juice in there, and that worked great. Like I, I mean, it would probably give me too much of a kick. I probably need to play around a little bit with the uh, with the ginger uh, amount, juice amount. But uh, you know, that was a real nice. It was quick and easy, and and uh, you know, so there's some you know there's some cheats in in when you're making your simple syrup that uh, you could you know go into if you didn't have the fresh stuff, which I
1: learned. Wow, this is an amazing thing. Yeah, ginger juice. I didn't know this existed.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I just happened to be looking for like, you know, hoisin sauce or something like that and saw the ginger juice
1: and bought them. You know, it was like six Oh man, so. it's all over the internet. The internet knows all about ginger juice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, that sounds like a great
0: cocktail. I'm glad the punch goes down easy because i think that's what a punch should be right it's you know you you should be able to like quadruple or quintuple this recipe and serve it you know in a punch bowl and and uh people can just have a good time while drinking punch and so that sounds like a really good cocktail and with that i think bob's got a question for me this time what are you drinking so dramatic now uh well bob i am drinking uh what i like to call a lavender margarita and, and there's a little story behind the, the lavender margarita. I, you know, for my birthday, Ben and I went uh, spirit tasting in Santa Cruz at a local distillery there. And I picked up a bottle of reposado. Uh, you know, it's not tequila, it's an agave based spirit. They can't call it tequila because they made it locally, uh, but it's tequila, right? And, and I've been looking for a way to use the reposado. And I really love margaritas, as you know we've mentioned a couple times. Uh, but traditionally you use a Blanco, you know, t- a tequila in a margarita. And with the Reposado, there's a lot more depth and flavor to it. And so I wanted to do something that was similar uh, to a margarita. So uh, I, I decided to do a lavender margarita. And I've had, I've had lavender syrup from the Monin, you know, a uh, bottle lying around forever. I think my wife wanted me to buy it one time, the Monin syrups that you see like putting coffees and things. And originally I thought I was going to go that route, you know, to to sweeten the cocktail. But then I remembered that I have these amazing lavender plants outside my house. Uh, that's part of our drought tolerant landscape. Uh, thank goodness we put that in uh, considering where we're at right now. And so I decided just to make my own lavender syrup and I, it was so easy. I can't believe that I haven't done this before. I mean, I went out and snipped off about seven or eight heads of my lavender and pulled them off the stem and just uh, made a, a, a rich simple syrup. So two parts sugar, one part water, and then I soaked. Uh, I just threw in all the lavender in there and brought it to a boil for about you know five minutes or so, and then turned it off and let it steep for about an hour. And then when I strained it, it was hmm. way better than anything that I could have gotten out of a bottle. And I was really excited about making my cocktail tonight because of that reason. And so, so this is a really simple, uh, cocktail. It's got, uh, well, so this is how I made it, to, I made it with one and a half. I was a little afraid of going too sweet. So I made it with one and a half ounces of reposado, three quarter ounces of the lavender, uh, syrup and three quarter ounces of lime juice. And the only problem with that, I think the balance is nice, but the only problem with that is that it didn't leave me enough cocktail. Uh, and so I think I'm going to go back to the two one one you know two two parts tequila one part syrup one part lime and nobody likes
1: a little cocktail
0: no nobody do- and i certainly don't because i've been sipping it here and i'm almost done and mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's it's a travesty so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna make it again after tonight and uh, tonight after we've done with our podcast with the other ratio with the traditional 2-1-1 ratio and see how that works and uh, it'll just be an excuse to to have another one of but, but, but you know, it's uh, the, the lavender is there with the notes, but the reposado is this kind of, you know, it's a, it's a sippable, drinkable tequila, which mm. is really great. And the lime juice kind of adds a nice little, you know, uh, note to that. And I really like this. I, I have never done this before. So it kind of the, the lavender syrup kind of takes the place of maybe the the triple sec and uh, uh, really kind of creates this nice floral hint that, you know, normally is an orange floral hint, but this time it's lavender and it's great. I love it. So that's my cocktail. Well,
1: that sounds really lovely. I really like the uh, the lavender syrup uh, idea. I, I don't know that I would have the guts to just go outside to my front yard and, and grab the lavender there. Um, but, you know, I also know that, that my dog likes to spend a lot of time around that lavender. So that's probably <laughs> a good idea to, to steer clear of that. Well, my, w- my wife
0: uh, actually made sure that we, our, our pest guy, uh, uses uh, natural oils and things like that because actually a lot of our plants are edible. Like we have a great rosemary bush. I've never bought rosemary, um, all that. We have a garden in our back. So I felt pretty comfortable doing that. But yeah, I didn't think about the dog, so thanks for that. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. That's why I'm here to offer these wonderful insights after the fact. And, and I, I will have to say, Matthew, uh, little cocktails are not allowed here. There's only one kind of cocktails that are allowed here. And that's giant cocktails. Good
0: point. Good point. I, I will not make that mistake again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're gonna have to kick you off the show. Well, you can't kick me off the show because nobody would edit it then. Uh, then the show is over. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. This that, is a slippery slope. I I realized that as soon as I said it. I realized that as soon as I said it. Uh, the one thing I will say, uh, yes, the reposado, um, the reposado is is about the aging of the of the liquor, right? Yeah. Yes, you can't call yours a tequila because it wasn't made in in the tequila region, but it is a um, an agave. Macave um, spirit, agave, a spirit, right? And and the what makes it a reposado is how long it's aged in in barrels, which is which is typical. You know, it's very typical in the whole spirit universe, right? You've got the uh, the this with the cognacs and the or slash brandies and and uh, there's you know I'm trying to think of one other one, but I, I can't remember. But but anyway, yes. Yeah, so so blanco means that it hasn't been aged at all. And then reposado means it's been aged for up to a year in uh, in oak barrels. And then an añejo, which is, you know, dealing with being older in age, um, or at least what? Añejo? That must mean over a year or year? year.
0: Good question. I, year? I, I skipped that day in Spanish class. I don't remember. Yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, that means it's been aged at least a year in an oak barrel. So uh, a reposado is kind of like splitting the difference. And um, yeah, generally, if you're sipping a tequila, you want to be hanging out at least in the reposado or añejo range. Uh, and if you're mixing, well, a reposado really does kind of both well. it, it, it Both things well. It, um, it's kind of good uh, all around. Yeah, uh, level of quality. It's just like yeah, it's like a step up in quality.
0: It is, and that's why I chose the reposado to buy that bottle. I figured I could uh, I could use it in some cocktails as well, and that's what that's mm-hmm. where this came from. It's like I want to use my, I want
1: to break out my new toy. So let's let's try this. Well, that sounds very lovely. I I you know I'm super super proud of you with your reposado tequila and your lavender homemade lavender syrup. Uh, you know, you, have come a long way from the, uh, the, the lemon curd fiasco. <laughs> and I just want, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. Hey, and, hey uh, you, you can't
0: hit a home run if you don't swing for the fence, man. Okay. You, you know, you got, that's true. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta risk a strikeout, you know, to hit the long ball.
1: Yeah, you, who would have thought that your fruity pebbles, you know, thing wasn't going to be a strikeout, and that was a total home run. Total home run. So, so you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You got to, you got to take the risks. Uh, you got to swing for the fences, uh, because you never know uh, how things are going to turn out. And uh, on that note, speaking of, you never know how things are going to turn out, Matthew. This week, it seemed like the Giants had a really easy start to the week with a four-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then they played two games that made me just go, oh no, this is not going to be as easy as I had hoped. You know, they started off that series with an extra innings game, which was just an omen for the whole week right yes and then and then after that we had to have the pleasure of one madison bumgarner ah old friend sticking it to us (sighs) and uh and basically uh basically dominating the giants
0: yeah and and on that note too you know I was on social media and I kept seeing all those people who were like, Oh, I'm so conflicted. Thank goodness that, you know, I feel better that it's bum Gardner. And I'm like, screw that man. He wants to dominate the giants and we should want to kick his butt. And, and that's right. And so I don't, I don't, yeah, he was great when he was with the giants. Love the guy for what he did, you know, for us. And, you know, obviously big game pitcher, we wouldn't have three rings without him, but he's not on the giants anymore. And so we don't need to be all sentimental about it when he's out there, like, mowing us down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at least it's happening to Bumgarner. Like, no, no. If the Giants end up losing, you know, the National League West by one game, I think we'll all wish that we had beaten the crap out of Madison Bumgarner. Um, Okay, so after Bumgarner handed it to us, Things did kind of take a positive turn, right? Gosman was back on the mound and you and I had talked about this last week and I accurately and prophetically predicted that Gosman was going to come out of his struggles as a better pitcher, probably, you know, and I I think I gave an analysis of of the reasons why and which were totally, totally wrong, but (laughs) it's not about the details, Matthew. What matters is that I was right and that Kevin came out and absolutely treated the Arizona Diamondbacks like they were the Arizona Diamondbacks and it was um it was a relief it was a relief to see our ace back on the mound especially after a hard fought Victory in extra innings uh, in Game One, and then getting dominated by your old ace in a game that was actually pitched pretty well by Johnny Cueto. Right, that was a yeah. game where you felt like this was winnable, if not for Madison Bumgarner. So then here comes Kevin Gosman to 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 add some um, to to right the ship and add a little bit of authority to to the series and, and to the week. Little did I know that that was going to be as as simple as it was going to get for the rest of the week because every game after that game was just a an emotionally trying journey. Oh. But the first one was a magical magical moment that is once I think one of the highlights of the season uh something that we hadn't seen happen since the great 1993 team, my favorite San Francisco Giants team of all time. And that was the Giants overcoming a four run deficit in the ninth inning, which at the time I didn't really realize what a big deal it was because I was like, yeah, it's the Diamondbacks. Of <laughs> right. course we would come back from a four uh, down against the Diamondbacks. Yep. What's the big deal? Well, and we put up four runs in an inning all the time. Let's, we could do this. Exactly. Exactly. And I I mean, I think it didn't hurt that it was the Diamondbacks. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it probably didn't hurt that it was the Diamondbacks, but still it was it, it was an amazing win. Well, and I mean,
0: I guess the juxtaposition of the first eight innings against Merrill Kelly and how that guy just dominated us. And we'll see him again, by the way. I think he's slated to pitch against us in San Francisco uh and and I I got to feel like this is one of those moments where as soon as he was out of the game the giants just were like hallelujah you know let's now let's play some ball and uh yeah so it was it was you know that i mean just the the difference between that ninth inning and the 8th prior was just night and day
1: yeah i don't even know why you bring him out of the game
0: honestly right yeah i know he was at 100 pitches
1: or around there but still whatever like you you're you're trying to <laughs> You're trying to beat. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I guess it really depends on your attitude and and what you're trying to accomplish. But to me, it's like you're trying to beat the best team in baseball. You're up by four runs. This is a. You're one of your very few bright spots on your roster and of your season. And he has uh, an opportunity to do something amazing. Uh, A nine inning shutout complete game victory against the best team in baseball and you don't even give him a shot at it. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, we will definitely take it, but uh, that did seem, that seemed like a very, very strange move to me. And I'm trying to see what his pitch count was. 102 pitches. Yeah. Really? Yeah. felt like he could have gone, he could have started the ninth, right? I mean, see how it goes. He absolutely could have started the ninth. I mean, you think you could have let him go 120, Right. Like, I mean, it feels to me like 120 is is kind of the limit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, maybe they felt like there's just no way that he's going to get the, you know, three outs and 18 pitches, which is bizarre because pitchers do that all the time. So, uh, but anyway, well, and, he didn't and, do it. I mean, I guess in their defense, too, it's, you know, the last time the
0: Giants overcame a four-run deficit in the ninth was 1993. So Fair enough. The, Fair the, enough. A four-run were, lead should be enough. It should be enough, right, to have one of their guys come in. But it wasn't. And, uh, it wasn't, yeah. and and you know what's great was just seeing, um, you know just everybody coming up and giving great at bats. I mean, just from the very beginning of that inning, and you know, you just you just got this feeling when Chris Bryant let off with a double. You're like, all right, you know, that's that's a good start. And then you know, and then Dickerson, you know, uh, singles, and then and then Crawford doubles, and you know, and so it was at that point when Crawford doubled, I was like, we're we're gonna win this we're going to come back on this and uh uh it was it was pretty fun to watch that last inning and or that ninth inning it wasn't the last inning you know, and then Brandon Belt you know coming back it was his first I want to say it was his first came back on the the IL and uh you know he singled in that inning you know to drive in um uh Dickerson and so it was, you know, and then and then when Buster Posey came up, I thought, well, now Buster's just going to end this. And uh, yeah, and and you know, but then a
1: pinch hit, per, uh, a performance. That's by right. Buster Posey. You're right. Yeah, he pinched it for Casali. Yeah, and, for Casali. And,
0: and yeah, you figure, you know, wow, Buster's going to end this game for us. And uh,
1: yeah, you know. obviously, right? <laughs> didn't have. That's what at- I thought was going to happen.
0: Didn't have a great at bat. Struck out. Uh, Wilbur Flores flyed out to to right, and then, uh, but then lamont wade jr mr clutch you know and that guy man i think we've said this before but i just i marvel at him in the batter's box in these clutch moments he just looks so cool so calm and collected uh he's been
1: there his whole life man yeah right i just it doesn't it it. doesn't phase him yeah
0: no and uh yeah so it was it was great seeing that comeback and then obviously you know scoring the the you know the the runner on 10th in the 10th inning and then shutting them out it was it was, that was a really great win and it was fun and, and you know it's funny I'm looking at the at the the play uh on MLb.com and they always list all the defensive switches
1: bottom I'm looking at that right now too three, it, it's, four
0: five six there were six defensive switches from all of the pinch hitting they did and oh, the, come on in you got to read day. them out you gotta okay. read them out so defensive switch from right field to first base for Lamont Wade Defensive switch from third base to second base for Tommy LaStella. Defensive switch from center field to third base for Chris Bryant. Steven Duggar remains in the game as a center fielder. Austin Slater remains in the game as the right fielder. Buster Posey remains in the game as the catcher. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, you know, uh, you know, and I think that that was the second time that Chris Bryant uh, played third base that game. You know, uh, so, yeah, you know, he just, you know, that's what they wanted when they got him, right? They can just plug and play, move things around, and... Uh, you know, for depending on the situation, and you know, of course, right. Bryant uh, had a really great series. So uh, right,
1: well, well, position flexibility is one of the huge uh, assets of this team, and and yeah, I mean, I think that moment right there uh, uh, exemplified it. What it allows you to do, what it allows Kapler to do, is pinch hit and pinch run anybody that he wants, pretty much anywhere that he wants, because he knows it doesn't really matter who I put out there. I got a spot for. I'm it. gonna yeah, I'm gonna have a spot for them. It's going to work out. And uh, yeah, I, I think, but it, it still does look pretty ridiculous when, when you see it printed on the page because it's, um, yeah. baseball teams don't do this. No. Baseball teams don't make changes like this. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen um, them. That. that was pretty funny. To, to yeah. That. And then after that, they end up going into extra innings for the second time against the Diamondbacks and for what would turn out to be the first of, of three consecutive games in extra innings. And, you know, I don't, okay, maybe it's just that the Giants really performed poorly in extra innings at the beginning of the season, or, 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 or maybe it's just because it's, it's not real baseball, but I really don't like the extra runner on second base because it that's the hardest thing to do in sports is to get a hit and to and it's it's extremely difficult in trying to get a runner to second base, especially with no outs, and now here we just give it away for free and it just seems like a joke.
0: Well, and you can score that run without a hit. You know, Right, so a, exactly. A ground ball exactly. to the right side gets him to third, a fly ball gets him home, and all right. of a sudden you gotta run.
1: Right, and it invalidates one of the, you know, probably one of the least valuable stats in sports anyway, the win, right, or the loss. Because now a pitcher can take the win or a pitcher can take the loss without doing anything bad, right? right And it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, that being said, though, hey, that worked out pretty well for us there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I got to tell you, though, I am not a fan, well, especially of, of Tyler Rogers closing games. Especially, when, <laughs> especially in an extra inning when there's a run in second, because that guy he doesn't strike anybody out, and so the Giants don't strike anybody no, out. But he is until they end up in Tampa Bay. He is Tampa the Bay. ringleader of not striking anybody out, and it's just it is that's what I mean. You know, as a fan, you're sitting there, you know that he's going to get ground balls, you know that he's going to you know induce weak hitting hits because nobody barrels him up, but you know, weak balls, find holes, you know, and it just, you know, it'd be so nice if we could have a guy that could just go in and blow people away. And I know we don't have it and we're lucky to have Tyler Rogers, but dang, it's nerve wracking watching him close out a game. In
1: extra. It would be nice. It would be nice to get that dominant closer at the back of the bullpen. Too late now. <laughs> too late. Too late now. <laughs> too late now. All right. Well, so we
0: escaped. We escaped Arizona. Wait,
1: wait hang on. Oh. Hang on a second. I got to do something. Because you you remember how you said that sounded like a a, a drink I should make a bucket of? I did make a bucket of it. And I got to pour myself some more before we talk about the Brewers series, because the Brewers series, Matthew... the brewer series yeah should have made my giant
0: cocktail again. I'm all done with my time
1: <sighs> was yeah I made an extra giant cocktail <laughs> to get me through talking about this brewer series because the brewer series was uh, it was stressful and 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 it, I think it really it it what it did is it made me realize that these games are only going to get more stressful as the series as the season progresses right um, especially as we play teams like the Brewers and the Mets and then we start fighting with the Padres and that last series against the Dodgers where the season and playoff spots are going to be on the line and then you go into the postseason and it, it all gets harder from here on out and um, yeah. yeah there's not going to be yeah, any kickwalks uh, you know and no it's yeah today well and let's be
0: honest luck played a little bit of a role in this, uh, in this series and us winning this
1: series, uh, you know, it, it definitely, I mean, uh, yes, absolutely. Right. The game two, the giants totally should have lost. Yes. They, they should have lost that game. Well, And then there was Tommy, the whole, was... like,
0: you know, their bullpen has all got COVID, you know, and, uh, and I know every team, you know, is dealing with deals with injuries and things like that. And the giants are no different, but we did not face their best bullpen, you know, uh, you know, we're facing people making their major league debuts and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I... I yeah. We, we luck yeah, out a little that's bit. True. That's true. That is, so that is one, fair. We need to is, out a little bit. We, it could get worse. You know, it will get a lot harder than it was this week. And I don't know if my heart can take that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what we wanted, Matthew. This is what we wanted. We wanted to be here. We wanted to have games like this. Yeah, and, I guess you're right. Um, <sighs> um, yeah, but, but I mean, that being said, I, I think, I, I don't know that there is any one game to talk about rather than sort of the overarching, um, things that happened in, in, in the game, like the, just the dominating performances of the starting pitching from the Milwaukee Brewers, as well as the, the, well, one, Mr. Brandon Belt, um, <laughs> absolutely uh I think the Giants carrying the, the, Giants. the Giants
0: were so excited to have him back that they all thought that he was just going to be the one that was going to s- generate offense.
1: Apparently, apparently I mean really like I don't think the San Francisco Giants as a whole team won that series. I think Brandon Belt in the bullpen won that series. <laughs> I mean, it it really was The bullpen and and Brandon Belt carrying him through that series and and whoever the right fielder is for the Milwaukee Brewers. I think those three people are the people that we have to thank for for winning this series. But it was um, it it, it was a you know, yeah, I mean, the, the starting pitching was was one thing that was really, really eye opening, you know, I. We've said it here on this show, but you hear it all the time. And the reason that you hear it all the time is because it's true. Great pitching beats great hitting. And the Giants put out what is close to the best possible lineup that they can put out there. It's missing Evan Longoria. But other than that, you know, once you I mean, once you add Longoria to that lineup, you start having to make hard choices to who you're going to take out of the lineup. And and that lineup got absolutely shut down by the Milwaukee Brewers until the Giants got into extra innings or unless they were facing Brandon Belt. And that was really, really eye-opening to me. And it really, really demonstrated how hard this is going to be going forward and how much of a battle each and every one of these games and these series are going to be. Because, yes, we have a great lineup, and we added a great player in Chris Bryant, but there are some really good pitching teams out there, and we just saw one of them, and we didn't see them at their best, and it was an eye opener, right? And we've got we've got nine more games against the two best teams in, uh, well, in the Central and the East. Although I guess the Phillies have kind of pushed their way back in first, haven't they? Yes, Past the they Mets. have. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, the, the Giants still have to get past the Mets regardless. I mean, the Mets are still playing well and they're still a good team. No, no Jacob DeGrom right now. The so we're, we're a lucky that is bit. true. That is yeah. true. That is true. And no Nick Trapiano either because he got DFA is and now, and a now a Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> He's now a Dodger. <laughs> Which made it totally uh, weird that, that Connor
0: Menez didn't become a Dodger this week. I thought for sure that was going to complete the hat trick. There.
1: Right, right. Did Trapiano make it onto the Major League roster?
0: I, you know, I didn't check, but I, I assume so. No, I think he was he was optioned to AAA.
1: He saw, that's right. I think he he declined and he signed a minor league contract. Well, if he does end up on the Dodgers' major league roster, he'll become the second pitcher in history to pitch for both the <laughs> Dodgers and Giants in the same season. But he'll be the second pitcher this season to do <laughs> it. Isn't that yes, right? I think you're right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but anyway, getting back to this Brewer series, you know, I I, I think I, I think it was just one of those things that, that, that really just stood out to me was how tough it's going to be. And I don't know that like there's anything to be said or to be done about it, right? I mean, the roster is set. We know who the San Francisco Giants are going to be, or at least the best that they can be. We also know that they have tremendous depth. So if there's injuries or things like that that happen, as I assume that they will later in this season, that they will have plenty of good replacements to pop in there. But this this team can't get any better. Right. I mean, this team can't get any better by changing the roster. Right. And, and now, and so no, this is it. This is the team. And
0: so now it's going to be up to, brace yourself, Gabe Kapler, to press all the right buttons. Are you ready for that, Ben?
1: No. No. Mr. X's and O's. <laughs> no, I am not ready for that. <laughs> I am not ready for that. But. Um, no, I mean, I think I've already declared on this show that 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 we can count on him making a mistake in the playoffs. That's going to hurt. That's going to cost uh, a game. Yeah.
0: You know, I but I must say, you know, he has navigated fairly well over you know uh, the, the last week. I you know, there were a lot of decisions to be made, and I felt like he made them. But I, I do want to bring up the point mm-hmm. is you know we were talking about you know being a great team, and you know there are other great teams. But I think you know what's interesting to me is I keep marveling at how. How defense plays a role in these games. And we don't really talk about defense ever, right? And and no. And you know
1: It's hard to see. It's hard to see. Until, it's hard to measure.
0: Until it goes wrong. Now I'm looking at Avassel Garcia. That's the right fielder that you were like, whoever the right fielder is, right? And I'm right. looking at his stat his fielding stats. And this week, this year, he's got a nine seven five fielding percentage, which for an outfielder is mm-mm. not good. And he's made more yeah. errors. Uh, in right field. In 2017, he made nine errors in right field. And so this guy is strictly, clearly in there for his bat. In the National League, he can't DH, right? So they stick him in right field, and it costs them a game.
1: Right, and, right. And that's where you try to hide your worst outfielder. But then... In, mo- in, in most in most places. Yeah.
0: And then you go back to today's game, where uh, the the uh the Brewer's runner, you know, on a fly ball right. left. He, he passed, passed second yeah, base he went and then didn't base retouch and the then... bag on the way back. Tommy Lastella yeah. saw that and was the yeah. one that called for the ball yeah. to be. There. And so those are the things that are that make the difference between a good team and a great team. And we are we are doing what needs to be done to be a great team. And it's just, uh, you know, it you can't put too much of a of an exclamation mark, mark on something like that. I mean, these smart, good defensive players.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And I, I think it, it does bring up something that that I think is really important to point out, which is that, you know, we said they, you know, the Giants were lucky to, to win this series, right? They didn't face the best possible version of the Brewers that they could have. But you know what? A lot of teams didn't face the best possible version of the Giants that they could have. And the Giants still won those yes. games. Yes, good point. And... The the Giants, you know, they won that game too because they have a bad right fielder out there, right? That is a problem that is either fixable by getting him out of there and getting in a defensive replacement or it's fixable by not having him on the roster, right? The, the Brewers could have done a lot of things to change that from happening. And if a guy is that bad and then he makes an error, that's not a fluke. Right. I mean, you can't be surprised by that, I guess. You can't be surprised by we can't be surprised that that happened to that guy and and that it benefited a team and the team happened to be the Giants. So, you know, yeah, sure. On one hand, the Giants got lucky, but also the Brewers had a bad right fielder out there. And that's a choice that they made. And that's all part of what makes this game so interesting and so great and adds all of these different layers to it. And what the Giants have done is they have created a team that is so versatile and has so few weaknesses and is so flexible that they can uh, plug holes in all of those, you know, possible weaknesses at the right time. And I, you know, yeah. I mean, so on the one, I I think you're absolutely right. This series, to me,
0: all I could think about was this is what playoff baseball is going to feel like, and Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. are we good enough to beat, you know, the the you know a team like this uh, in a five game, seven game series? And you know, I think, yes, we are. I think the answer to that is yes. But it's not going to be easy because, you know, both the Brewers and the Dodgers and the Padres, for that matter, all have three, three strong starting pitchers that will give our offense problems. And we've seen that. Yeah. And so now yeah, before I was sure. like, oh, I just don't want to face Urias and Bueller and Kershaw uh, or Schertzer. And uh, and now it's like, well, gosh, I don't want to face Burns and, you know, insert. Other guys that gave us problems this week, uh, you know, uh, names.
1: Other Brewers starting pitching. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Brewers are one of the better rotations in, in baseball. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And and they are they are a tough tough matchup. Well, I mean the thing about having a good team in the playoffs, Matthew, is you need to be well rounded right you need to have a great lineup you need to have a great starting rotation and you need to have a great bullpen and i think you know the brewers have all of those things they they're a very very good well-rounded team we saw um we didn't get to see their full their best bullpen because of the covid situation but we saw their rotation we definitely saw that they had some 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 bats who didn't necessarily perform extremely well and so you know the real question is is how do the giants match up and I think the Giants obviously have a great rotation. It's been scuffling a little bit. I think this past week, it, it 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 didn't necessarily perform the way we're used to seeing it perform. We asked a lot from from our bullpen, but we but I think the Giants have a great starting rotation. They at least have a great front three with Wood, Disclafani, and Gosman, and I think you can throw Webb in there, and they've got a front four that's really really formidable, and that's all you need in the playoffs. Plus, they have Cueto, you know, able to come in and put out a fire should one should one uh, occur. The real question mark has been for this team all season is do they have the bullpen? And I think the answer to that, Matthew, is our bullpen sucks. Yes, Bob, it 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 it. Well, look. We didn't get off to a good start, let's put it that way. You know, this bullpen was new to us and and we didn't really know the bullpen and what we knew about the bullpen at the beginning of the season was that it probably wasn't going to be the bullpen that we saw at the end of the season. That it was going to undergo a lot of changes. And and you're right, but but the the long and short of it is Bob, they they did they did suck. Our bullpen pen really did suck. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did it suck? It was average. It just felt like it sucked. You know, and...
0: mainly ...because we were losing games late that, uh, you know, early on that were really gut-wrenching. I mean, they were hard, especially, you know, start on opening day, and then...
1: 13 blown saves starting off with the opening day
0: gut punch. And that gut punch just set the stage, right? Because we were just ready for it then. It was like, all right, that's how it's going to be? Okay. And I think it just kind of amplified... You know, every loss, every run that the relievers gave up just felt like, oh, God, we're the worst.
1: Right. Between the months of April and May, the Giants blew 13 saves, which was the second worst in all of Major League Baseball. Second to only, strangely, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who had 14 blown saves. Right. Because why? It was awful. Dodgers suck. That's right. That's right, Bob. The Dodgers suck. The Dodgers suck in the same way that our bullpen sucked. Almost identically in the same way, in fact. And it was brutal. It was hard to take. And we were really hard on some people, Matthew. We we were pretty rough on some guys. <laughs> I don't, I don't
0: guys. know what you're talking about. I, I... We
1: were pretty rough.
0: <laughs> I, me and Mr. Alvarez are really close. You know, uh, Yeah, we, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I love
1: that guy. Right, right. But... Then something changed. Right. And and I think I think this is really where you and I have to have to 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 sort of come to terms with the fact that the Giants bullpen is actually really, really good. And and yes, you are not a fan of Tyler Rogers because, you know, he puts you on edge every time he comes out and he doesn't strike out guys. I like Tyler. I think he's great. But, you know, um, I, I I lamented and wished and kind of still wish that they got a great closer to to come in and make the bullpen better. Um, to the point where I'm still kind of lukewarm about the great acquisition that they did make, because I'm still like, I wish we had a close. (laughs) But the point is, Matthew, this bullpen is actually really, really good. Since June 1st, they have been absolutely astoundingly good. In terms of ERA, they are the number one team in the National League since June 1st in ERA with an ERA of 2.66 and second in all of baseball. Second to the Tampa Bay Rays, by the way. And in blown saves, they're second in the National League with the least blown saves and seventh overall in all of baseball. So... What I'm saying, Matthew, is is that that much maligned and 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 despised bullpen of ours has quietly been recording outs, like, uh, like uh, like the dominant bullpen that they are. And so, I guess what I'm trying to I'm trying to do because you're not jumping in here <laughs> and doing it because you're just being stubborn I, I'm, is I'm just I, I'm just gonna say I'm sorry to the San Francisco Giants bullpen. I'm sorry that you were so bad the first two months, and it's about time that you guys started getting some people out. And I just wish that you had made the merry-go-round change earlier. Right. That's what I'm sorry about. <laughs> but also, but also, I'm I'm really sorry about all the mean things that I said, especially the mean thing that I just said right now. I don't know what came over me. It must be the the, the Logan Webb punch out.
0: Well, I <sighs> yeah, I I quiet because I'm I'm a little contrite. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, yeah we've been a little hard on the bullpen uh i you know when we started talking offline about the bullpen and and clearly it's been a strength for a while now uh i went back and looked i was like well since the all-star break you know less than a month how good has our bullpen been and they lead the national league in whip you know walks and hits per innings pitched is 0.89 less than
1: one per inning which is astounding. 1.2 like One point one point two is kind of like borderline average. One point three is probably average. Yeah. One point four, maybe? Yeah. One point two is starting to be good. Underneath one is.
0: Yeah. 0. 0.89 is ridiculous. And batting average against, they lead the National League in point one or one seventy five. Opponents are batting one seventy five against our relievers. And it you know and and I don't know the exact numbers in front of me but like when was the last time a reliever gave up a big home run right i mean they're not giving up home runs uh they don't they're they're not walking many players i remember early on i actually one time looked i I spent like 20 minutes looking up to see how many uh times did our pitchers walk the first batter that they faced our relievers because it just felt like it was all the freaking time And and (laughs) I can't remember. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it's such a well, it happened happened today. (laughs) It's funny because Uh, it happened today.
1: And 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 then the last guy to give up a home run was was Jackson. But 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 nonetheless,
0: point is that they have been uh, so much better than a what they were to begin the season and B what we've given them credit for. And uh, and we've needed them this week. Uh, You know, all of our pitchers, you know, have been going through some struggling, not throwing the innings that they were uh, at the beginning of the year. And we needed every single one of those guys to to step up. And they have.
1: The Giants played four games in extra innings this week and went three and one in those games and went five and two on the week overall. Uh, The bullpen carried this team this week. Yeah. And and. And and it was a dominating week when you actually look at the final record that came out of it, right? They they went five and two, and and largely on the backs of the bullpen. And the the the, the, the fact of the matter is that this bullpen is a great bullpen. Suddenly, out of nowhere, but it hasn't been out of nowhere. It's been since June first. They've been absolutely lights out. Pretty amazing. it, it is pretty amazing.
0: And I know that you know you talked about the the merry-go-round and how they should have started that earlier. It really has been a merry-go-round. I mean, it is uh, you know I, I know we've talked about this earlier, but uh, in another episode. But I think you know, just the fact that you know we've we've churned through relievers, they've come down, they've come back up. We've kind of you know we've you know we, we've gotten rid of some, we brought in some. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Watson being the latest, who looks really good by the way. Uh, so glad that we picked him up. I mean, he just me he, he makes uh, as far as like the nervousness like he, I realized today when he came in that I didn't feel nervous that he just looks like he's going to take care of business when he's on the mound and he throws uh, he throws uh, hard and he throws accurately and it just feels like he's in control and uh, not all of our relievers have given me that feeling you know, over the year so I really like Tony Watson. He makes me feel uh, a lot better about our bullpen. I mean, he lengthens it. I mean, he gives you a guy that can slot in in the seventh or eighth inning that shortens the game to Rogers and McGee uh, that maybe we didn't have before. But I mean, you know, Rogers and McGee have been great all year. Watson coming in. Harleen Garcia and Jose Alvarez have both been pitching really well. Uh, Jay Jackson, you know, was kind of it uh, was injured early in the year. I guess he, you know, coming in. Now has he had a little bit of a struggle uh, last week, and unfortunately had some unfortunate social media interactions uh, that involved race and, and all of that. But he has been uh, a find, and uh, and and he's the only guy on our team that consistently strikes out people, uh, and and so that's been you know, having a guy that can come in and maybe get a big strikeout is nice. And and then Brebbia, well not Brebbia, uh, Brebbia came up because we needed help, but I mean uh, they uh, what.
1: Uh Littell. Littell,
0: Leon, Littell had a two inning save today. Uh Leon. Uh all these guys are um every single one of them, when they come in, they've been doing the job and it's 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 really uh been great to see. And I think that it bodes well for the postseason because you know that um you know as soon as a starter gets into trouble in the postseason, you've got to go to the bullpen, right? You can't let a starter yeah. work his way out of, of a jam. And so I think you know, the more guys that we have that are battle-tested, that we trust, uh, will only help us come, come then. So I, I love this bullpen now. I'm on board. I'm team bullpen. Uh, but I, I, it would be nice if we could you know, k- go back to you know, starters going six or seven every, every game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is ultimately the, the biggest concern. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that I said at the beginning of the season is the real question mark for the, these starters is, one, do they stay healthy? And and except for for Aaron Sanchez, that was true, right? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Aaron was 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 design, designated for assignment today. And and Will's, well, I don't know. I mean, he may end up bidding just get out outrighted to uh, to I, Sacramento I because he may not. I
0: can't imagine someone not picking him up. He's been too good. You know?
1: um... Yeah, that's true. I mean, his ERA was really strong. They just they just ran out of room for him, and and there just wasn't an accurate fit. You know it does seem curious i mean because it you know his era was really good he performed well whenever he was on the roster right he he was gone for a long time because of an injury yeah. but but he performed well uh, every time at, at the major league level but you know i mean let's face it you know the, the Giants have their starting five yeah. and and the reason he's not in it is because he got hurt and and then there's just not a good place for him to slot in into the bullpen, um, given given the you know the, the kind of pitcher that he is. In an alternate and, in an alternate what,
0: universe, Sanchez starts the season in the rotation, and Webb never gets an opportunity.
1: Right, or in an alternate universe, Alex Wood is the guy that we never see. <laughs> that's true with his ablation during the season, season. with his ablation, yeah. and and Sanchez is the guy that's there the whole season, and. And uh, yeah, and that's actually I, that's how I thought it was going to go, because if you remember all the way back at the season, I told you, I said, one of these guys is going to go away for a long time and we're never going to see them again. Yeah. Right. And, and that was that was my that was my expectation because of the history of these guys. They all had injury history. Right. And my assumption was that one of them was just going to have a recurrence and they weren't going to come back. And it happened and it happened to be Sanchez at the time. I thought it was going to be Wood. Yeah, well. Just because, because of the nature of what was going on there, but, but yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Sanchez is just you know
0: one of the musical chairs that have been playing you know this this week, especially. And we've all been dreading, you know, or looking. I don't know, dreading is the word, but we've all been very curious about to how the, the the Giants were going to play this uh, roster moves that were coming up. Uh, I know you texted me last week that Gosman's wife saved somebody's job. Uh, for for, <laughs> you know, for the weekend and uh you know he had to he go on his paternity leave and so somebody got to stay up uh with the big club because of that.
1: Yeah, she definitely took one for the team and somebody got a three extra days with the major league roster. Well and what was interesting
0: who days. that ended up being was Duggar. Uh because they actually kept uh, additional uh uh they didn't fill the Gaussman spot with uh uh with a with a pitcher. They actually the pitcher. They, they 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 filled it with a uh, with was it? Uh, oh, it was Brandon Belt coming back, and so that started the the merry-go-round, right? Sanchez got DFA'd, uh, Menez got DFA'd earlier in the week, and uh, cleared waivers, so he actually got outrighted to, to AAA. Uh, but then there was a lot of speculation who was going to be the one that were going to be uh, you know optioned, and there weren't a whole lot of options to option them, and so well, Duggar and Slater yeah. were ones that we were you know thinking about. I think you and I both thought it would be Slater over Duggar, but it just shows that they're really committed to creating these lefty righty matchups and they wanted Slater's right handed bat over Duggar's uh, left handed bat, even though Duggar has had the stronger season.
1: And yeah, and Lamont Wade and Lamont Wade uh, over was ahead. Yeah. Was, was 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 well, Lamont Wade was ahead of what head of Duggar, of course, right? Yep, was a left-handed yep, bat, yep. yeah. And so because it had been it had been Lamont Wade who was on the bubble. Right. He was the guy that was going up and down, up and down, uh, and and he has obviously progressed beyond Duggar. But but Duggar has had a great season. Yeah.
0: Well, so has you know so I, has Estrada, who also got sent down.
1: Estrada was batting yeah. over three hundred,
0: and and right. and what's interesting is that now we don't have a legitimate shortstop. To back up uh, Crawford, so Crawford's basically right. at age what 35 or whatever is uh, you know uh, really expected to to play uh, a lot. But uh, and I know there's some off days coming up, and I know that you know he'll sit maybe against some tough lefties with, and then they'll bring you know Solano will play shortstop then. But that's not ideal to have Solano being our our shortstop. Uh, but that's the way they decided no, it's... to go. They're rolling the dice mm-hmm. that, that 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 the defense won't matter as much.
1: Right. Well, Well, I have a, a lot of things to say about that. So I'm going to try to treat this as a lightning okay. round because I, I think we're, we're getting, getting close, at it yeah. close to the time. But uh, but but I but I will say this. I, I think the one thing that the Giants are clearly trying to do is they're trying to make moves that allow them to keep people on the 40 man roster and under their control and not jettison them entirely from the organization. Which makes sense. You don't right. want to lose a guy
0: so, that's that's really no. valuable.
1: Right. Well, and I and I think there's on the one hand that sounds like the right thing to do and the right way to treat people as human beings. But at the same time, it also is the pragmatic thing to do because even though I might rather have Tyro Estrada than say Donovan uh, Solano on the roster, Donovan Solano would have been gone for good if they had let him go.
0: And he makes right. And he makes the, Tyro he makes the whole team stronger. Being on the roster,
1: well, sure. Yeah. But I- excluding all of that, excluding all of that. Yes. Yes. I know intangibles and veterans and, and we love our guys and, you know, hugs and kisses and smooches well, no, and all that. I'm just that. saying like yes. to have a
0: guy like Solano on your roster is better than not having a guy like Solano on your
1: roster. Well, sure. But, but what I'm saying is, is that if you had, if you had DFA'd him, you lose him for good. Right. And you, and you lose flexibility. Right. You lose the ability to, let's say, uh, bring Tyra, br- you know, bring that person back if somebody else gets hurt. You know, and somebody if God will forbid- get hurt.
0: Right. I mean, that we've right. seen that. And somebody will get hurt. Remember yes. when everybody was all up in arms when Wade Jr. got sent down and he was back up within like two days because Brandon Bell yeah. got hurt.
1: Got hurt. That's right. Yes, and somebody's always going to get hurt. And so, even though these moves may seem strange and they may seem difficult, what they're really doing is they're just hedging their bets. They're kicking the can down the road and making it so that they have the maximum capability to fill holes should those holes appear later on down the season. So, so there's a lot of things that go into these decisions and yes, it's not ideal to have Donovan Solano as your backup shortstop, but at the same time, it's probably the best decision for this team from a competitive standpoint because it protects them against injury. So that's, I mean, that's the one reason why I say, yeah, it had to be Estrada, you know, you know, well, if you've got, I options, do agree with if you.
0: You got options, you're one of the guys that's going to be.
1: Yeah, you're kind of out of luck, and which is what happened to Duggar, right? I mean, Duggar's been having a great season. If you told me at the beginning of the season that Duggar was going to be optioned late, I would have been like, fine, whatever. Of course he was. <laughs> but given that the season that he has had and the fact that he is one of your better defensive outfielders at this point, it really worries me that he's not on the major league roster. You know, I, I, I understand why they made that choice because of the lefty righty thing and because I agree. That Lamont Wade Jr. is ahead of him, but Duggar is your best center fielder. Yeah, but at one point you, you said know? we had
0: like five, you know, center fielders on our roster, and we've seen that this week. I think we've seen Bryant in center field, we've seen Yaz in center field, we've seen Slater in center field. You know, we've seen a lot of guys in center
1: field. And uh yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I agree. I agree. I think I think they're fine defensively there, but you know, I, I it, it it's a hard pill to swallow, is yeah. just what I'm saying. No, it is. And but in terms of Crawford playing every day. It's crunch time, baby. It's crunch time. It's time for. It's. It's also. It's. It's also. Kurt Casali, you've been great. Time to take a seat, buddy. That, well, I was just going to ask you. Does that mean Buster?
0: Time plays to take more, a seat. Right? I mean, that's. Uh, yes. Yes. Buster did say now is the Buster time. Buster Did say after the all-star break that he anticipated playing more uh, in the second half.
1: Well, and we saw that with the pinch hit, yeah. right? The pinch hit appearance, yeah. and and but I'm thinking now it's time to start playing some day games mm-hmm. after night games. It's it's time for Mister Crawford to be the everyday shortstop, and he just is that. Well, you would
0: think that you know, think like today he already got a day off. Uh, you know, he pinch hit, but he got a day off. So you think that he would have uh, played today, knowing they have a day off on Monday, but he didn't. And so uh, you know, at some point though, yeah. Well, that's I'm what
1: I'm saying. saying, Kurt Kapler. It's time, buddy. Gabe it's time. Gabe so, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Gabe Kapler. Kurt Kapler. How did that work? Kurt. Oh, Casale. Gabe Kapler. Yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah, thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, Casale might be a future manager. You don't know.
0: It might be. Well,
1: yeah. It might be. And,
0: and you know, we talk about these whole musical chairs and what's been going on. You know, I, I, I picture in my mind that, that Zaidi's up there juggling players. Like, literally, I just see, like, I, I, in my mind, I see, like, Duggar doing, you know, going, flying through the air, like, as he's about to land in Zaidi's left hand while, you know, like, De Sclafani goes flying up in the other way. And 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 I thought the De Sclafani, like, tire, quote-unquote, tired shoulder, uh, IL was genius because that's like, oh... We'll just slide in one of our bullpen guys, Aaron Sanchez, before we DFA him. We'll give Desclafani some time to get fresh. We'll also be able to have a guy on our team for a little bit longer that we did, you know, couldn't find a spot for otherwise. So now I'm just wondering, like, is going to like who else is going to have a a tired shoulder? Is it going to be Wood next, or you know, it's just uh, it, it seems like uh, it reminded me a lot of the Jose Alvarez putting a weight you know a weight on his foot you know and having to go on the il you know i think that that's it's just they're getting really creative with these roster spots and uh and i I, you know so here we all like who's gonna be a dfa who's gonna be option and they're like oh we're gonna actually we're gonna put so-and-so on the il with a tired arm you know i just i love it
1: yeah, I mean, we're not thinking at the paternity uh, list level. We're not thinking uh, at the yeah. yeah at all the kinds of injuries that that people could could theoretically have. You know, and I don't know how that's all regulated either. I really don't. Like, how do you you know you, does a team just declare that he's got a tired shoulder and he's going on the IL or? There's you is would there think there's got to be some kind of like doctor's yeah. notes or it's something. It's interesting. But, you never hear about it. No. You never hear about how that's enforced or, or how people know, but I, I guess if other teams accuse them of cheating, that's that's how that would come out, and 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 it hasn't happened. But you know, I but yes, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think Farhan Zaidi has done an amazing job, or the front office has done an amazing job at juggling this roster. I, I think the main thing that they have done that I, as an an observer observer from the outside looking in wouldn't have done or didn't anticipate them doing was preserving as many players as they could so that they didn't have to make a permanent choice. And and that really seems to be the thing that they have avoided the most. And the thing that they have wanted to avoid the most is making a permanent decision on a player, which is, you know, and designating somebody for assignment and putting him on waivers means that you could potentially lose him. So that is what they have been trying to to avoid. Whereas I have always said the best baseball move is is to do something different. And and I think ultimately, you know, they're right and I'm wrong. And and I think that's what especially with the way that this roster has been built. Right. This roster was really built at the 40 man level, not at the 26 man. level. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 that that is why they have made so many of these moves in that way. Uh, and, you know, I, I will say this, you know, I think Gabe Kapler has really bought into that and has done a, a lot of the right things. And I I think Gabe Kapler is the manager of the year. The oh, uh, without league, a doubt. Without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will say I think that he is that because of all of the off-field things that he has done. Like I think the coaching and the injury management have been amazing. Right. I think his commitment to the platoon and to those line changes has really been effective and been innovative and has taken advantage of rules in the game that other teams are not taking. I think Gabe Kapler's decisions in those regards have been outstanding. I still think that his X's and O's in the moment are questionable. And I also think that, yeah, it's time to take the gloves off right? You got to let Crawford and Posey play. You got to let Belt play. You got to let these guys who can hit righties and lefties, your veterans, the guys that have proven it time and time again, it's time. Let them play. 50 games left in the season.
0: 50 games. Uh,
1: So yeah, you're right. We got to let them play.
0: Well, we are up against the the hour here. And uh, one thing I did want to bring up before we uh, say our goodbyes is that you and I are going to be guests uh, this week on the Genuine Draft podcast, which is a Bay Area-themed right. sports uh, podcast. Uh, looking forward to talking with Roe and uh, about the Giants and about our podcast. So, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, hop on over and listen to
1: us on the Genuine Draft podcast. And we'll be there with cocktails, with cocktails. that may not, that won't be featured on this show. Right. So get drunk. if you're going to want to catch those cocktails, you're going to have to be there. Right. Come get drunk with us over there. Uh, well, in the meantime, Ben, uh, this week we got coming
0: up. Who do we got going this week? We got uh... more
1: victims. <laughs> oh no, we do, we do. It's got it's Arizona and Colorado, baby. Oh,
0: all right, we got Arizona yeah. and Colorado. Uh,
1: yeah, I expect six extra innings games. That's what I expect. <laughs> I expect six hard fought games that are just going to be trying right before we meet the Mets at home. <laughs> Oh, well. That's probably how it's going to go, right? Right? I mean, this looks like it. a cakewalk. This looks like a cakewalk, but at this point, you know, no. I mean, the, these guys are going to come out and they're going to come out gunning for the Giants. Yeah, well, you know,
0: the, we're their World Series, right? And, and uh, actually, That's th- true. it might be the last two games we play against the Diamondbacks
1: if I'm, uh, if I'm not. Uh, is it? No. no. No, no, no. The second to last series of the season at home is against the Diamondbacks. A little aside, and we can talk about this later,
0: but next week, next year's schedule came out. We play the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. The last thirteen games of the season next year, uh, that, just them. That's it for the net last.
1: Good times, come <laughs> so
0: on. let's hope that we're there. They're as bad a as little, they are this
1: year, and we're as good as we are. The shout year out to the Ace so, fans you know, there. That's right. Yeah, a little Ace action there. Uh, yeah. No, that that's amazing. But uh, all right. So we got the Diamondbacks yeah. for two,
0: the Rockies for four. Uh, we'll, all at home.
1: All at home. We'll take it. Oh, Jerry Garcia
0: tribute night. I see on Tuesday night. So you know. That should be fun. Star Wars Day on Saturday, You're going out to the ballpark, you know, and dress appropriately. So, Bob, what should we ask our, our listeners to do? Follow us on Twitter. And Instagram, Bob, and Instagram. Follow us on both uh, at Giant Cocktails, uh, both Instagram and Twitter, where you can find our drink recipes and uh, chat with us. Uh, ben, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at WatchBenFail at Twitter and Instagram. I might not actually be there, but you can tweet at me and uh, Insta at me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what they're called when you do it on Instagram. I don't either, but uh, we're having a lot of fun on Send Twitter. Send me a TikTok on Instagram or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we're having a lot of fun on Twitter, so come on over and say hi. And uh, you know, Also, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. And. Uh, Like and rate us. That would be great. And uh, until then, we'll see you next week. Cheers, Ben.
1: Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until then, bottoms up.